This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Hi, this is Jim Lee, and you're listening to the Batman Universe Comic Con Podcast. Hi, I'm Dan Jerkins, and you're listening to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. Hey, this is Scott Snyder, and you're listening to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast, episode number 262. I'm your host Dustin and today I have with me... This is Steph. This is Ian. And we are bringing you the latest comic news and comic book reviews from the weeks of November 18th through December 1st. We have a small amount of news for some reason, I guess because of the holidays, at least here in the US. People are not being able to have find time to leave comments because this is the second episode in a row we have no comments. Huge disappointment, but let's be honest, I don't have a lot of free time either. Uh, Our Patreon supporters know that uh, we have fallen behind on our Patreon rewards. Uh, That that is my fault, and I'm going to rectify it, but uh, I I apologize for that. And uh, let's just jump into the news. So, first thing we've got... the fact that one of the most frequent commenters is now on the podcast. That's true. That is true. Okay. All right. So we have some news to cover, and the news to cover is on November 19th, solicitations for the month of February were released. And then although February is normally the shortest month, well, it's always the shortest month. I don't know why I said normally, but it is the shortest month of the year, but it also interestingly brings the lowest number of bat books that TBU has covered in quite some time. Um, this stems from the fact that there is a bunch of stuff which we'll get into, but the biggest story taking place in February is probably the fact that Batman and Flash will be crossing over for each of the series' two issues for the month. The story, titled The Last Cold Case, will deal with the fallout of the events of Heroes in Crisis while dealing with a cold case from the Justice League's past. Also worth noting is that Joshua Williamson will be writing all four issues of the crossover while Tom King takes the month off. Now, uh, there was an update real quick. I want to dive into this just so that we cover this. Um, On November 20th, Tom King stated on Twitter that he took the two issues off to work on a secret TV project while he planned on working with Williamson on the crossover. Initially, the project came up and Williamson stepped in so King could lend his focus elsewhere for a few weeks. He also stated that he still plans on accomplishing his 100 issues of Batman by adding more to his already planned run. He said that while his main story will wrap in number 100, he will stay on until number 105, saying it will be enough issues to have an epilogue of sorts and be long enough for a trade. So, as of right now, Tom King's around for at least 105 issues. I told you. Comments about that? Well, minus the button and the one you just mentioned and... The annual that he didn't write. Although that's not included in that number. Yeah, the annuals right? aren't counting. Including. What is the other one that he didn't write? Night of the Monster Men. Oh, Night of the Monster Men. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. So, yeah. So, those 
five issues is what, and I, I, I have the strange suspicion that we're going to get at least one more at some point. Oh um, yeah. Tom King actually just made a post about how he needs to cut back on conventions because he's not meeting his deadlines. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. I mean, the other thing is he's also he was doing Mister Miracle and Batman, but now well, he's got he's Heroes clearly going to be doing another one. Yeah, he's yeah. got Heroes in Crisis now too, and on top of that, there is something else that him and uh, Mitch Gerard has been talking about. They've been hinting at on Twitter some sort of secret project that's not going to happen until. Middle of 2019 anyway, but I mean, like, he's got lots of things um, going on. Um, quite honestly, I feel like he's starting to get to that point where Scott Snyder was, where Scott Snyder was doing Swamp Thing and Batman for a mm-hmm. while, and then realized, you know what, this isn't something that I can do, and then he cut back, got rid of Swamp Thing, and then he, he just stuck with Batman for a while, and then eventually he did Superman and Unchained, and but he was only doing <laughs> Batman monthly instead of bi-monthly. Yeah, and he was yeah. Well, but he true. was he also was doing bad. like American Vampire and a bunch of other indie stuff. Yeah, and then he was also well in name at at, at the very least he was tied to a ton of other series that DC he insisted on those. putting his name on them, which he claimed he was he didn't write. We he know, we know he didn't write them. It's not a question of whether he wrote them. It was a question of he got top well, billing for whatever reason. I would say he probably reason. did write. Uh, about one or two issues of Batman Eternal because the style, I would argue, is really close to what he actually writes. Yeah. But I think that was an exception. I think most of the time when his name's on something and there's a co-writer, he's doing plotting. Yeah. He's just basically sitting down and saying, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did this story? And then the other person's <laughs> like, yes, that is cool. I'm going to write the script right now. Um, the, the one thing that I do find interesting is I've been noticing, it seems to me... You know, the big push for Justice League when Justice League relaunched in June was that Scott Snyder was doing it. And I feel like it's like every three issues or every four issues, James Tynion is doing an issue, which they said, you know, Snyder was up front and said that was going to happen in the first place. But even some of these crossovers that just have been happening, Tynion is the one who's, you know, heading those up. Snyder's name is on it, but he's not the one who's actually writing it. And I find that really interesting because... Outside of Justice League, Snyder's not working on anything else. I mean, he's talked about well, how... He's not working on anything being published right now. Right. Yes, that's true. Um, he does have Batman Who Laughs coming up, uh, actually, in this this month. And then we also have the Last Night um, with Greg Capullo that uh, is coming sometime in 2019. And then we ha- and then he did say that in 2019, American Vampire is going to come back. And I believe... Uh, Witches is coming back. I don't really know anything about Witches other than he writes it, but uh, that is That's supposed to be happening. Projects, something. Actually. Yeah. And from interviews and stuff, it sounds like people come to him for like advice and guidance yeah. and how to write. And doesn't he 101. still teach? I don't think he teaches anymore. I think he stopped teaching a couple years back. He moved from where he was to, to a new place. And, no, he didn't move to LA. He lives on Long Island. Um, oh, he still lives in New York? Yeah, but he just he moved to a new house away from where he was. I think he lived closer to the city, and they moved further out away from the city. Um, and since he moved, he it, it seems like he's he's working on less projects. But, I mean, it could be anything. He also has small kids, too. Well, like his, he has yeah, a 10-year-old and a 6-year-old. Older. So. 
And I think he also, I mean, he's always been into mentoring, so I'm betting pretty strongly he's doing some mentoring because he did, he mentored Tynan and Bennett and Higgins, and I bet he's got, well, I know he's got like three more he's working on. Yeah, and he's, he's I think if anything, he is, the thing is with him is I he was, he was teaching and Bennett and Tynan went through Sarah, Sarah Adams, I want to say, but I don't think that's right. Something I think it's Sarah Lawrence. Sarah Lawrence, yeah, uh, college, um, and that's where he was teaching. But I think after he moved, he wasn't. But then DC did a writers' workshop, and then he was teaching that. Um, and I think that's where like the latest class, like Tony Patrick, came through that. And that's why he was working on the Signal with with Snyder. And there's well, obviously other doing ones too. Those but, talent, new talent showcase things. Like yeah. He's teaching. So there's that, but anyway, it just seems like he's not he's not on as many things as as usual. But I think it's more because there's just a lot of stuff that is in the wings, waiting to be announced and things like that. But anyway, I also don't think he's as fast a writer. It's true. I yeah, I definitely agree with that too. And okay. To be fair, like not everyone is like very few people can be a Bendis. Bendis ridiculous. That yeah, that guy churns <laughs> he's out like stuff eight like titles that. a month. <laughs> And speaking of titles, I'm going to get to that in a minute uh, because th- there's a interesting little tidbit of information that I've I stumbled across while I was putting together the analysis for the solicitations on the site. But anyway, some other highlights from the month include some characters reappearing that haven't been seen for a while. Jason Blood will appear will be appearing in Detective Comics number nine nine eight, which will lead to Detective Comics number one thousand coming in March. A character that. Uh, I'm pretty sure nobody was wanting to see, which we talked about last time, Joker's Daughter is going to be in Nightwing number 57. James Gordon Jr., who was last seen in, the ba- in Batgirl a few months back, will be appearing in The Batman Who Laughs, ironically, with the same creative team that brought him back into main continuity before the New 52 during Black Mirror and Detective Comics with Scott Snyder and Jock. Um, and then th- this Best is... Scott Snyder title ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so then we get it. So this is what I was talking about with the normal issues. So I wanted to put this into perspective for a moment. As of February, three different miniseries have wrapped. Uh, Archie meets Batman 66, Batman Creature of the Night, and Batman Kings of Fear. All those end in January. I'll believe Creature of the Night when I see it. <laughs> Another two miniseries, Batman the Max and Old Lady Harley, are wrapping in February. Suicide Squad had its final issue in January, and there's no new series for that yet, even though there's been rumors since as far back as Comic-Con. Uh, Young Justice kicked off in January, but as we've talked about before, we removed Titans from covering it on the site um, after the events of Nightwing 50 took Dick out of the title for good. And also, Harley Quinn and Nightwing went from double shipping every month to only having one issue per month starting in January, but that is now official because it's only... They only have one issue in in uh, February as well. Um, so Finally. I tried to get an exact n- difference, like tried to like do a count of saying like this month to this month. The issue is that we have certain months that like there are miniseries that don't release like the Max and Archie meets Batman 66. Both of those are on some like weird five week release schedule where they come out every five weeks instead of once a month. Um so you you could go for for example like in October there wasn't a new issue for October, but then you get to November and then there's an issue at the beginning of the month, but it's been five weeks since the past issue, um, and then there's other things out there too like Batman Damned came out in September, the second issue we're expecting it here in December, but I don't know exactly when at this point. 
because uh, I haven't heard anything about it. It was supposed to come out in November. But then Creature of the Night, for example, that wraps, but I mean, like, literally the last issue was last April. So it's one of those things where it's it's very difficult to get an exact number. The point of this is, with at least with Suicide Squad gone, Nightwing and Harley Quinn going to single ship per month, and then no other new miniseries that are, you know, being announced or coming out outside of Three Jokers, which has not been solicited yet, or outside of, like, Batman Who Laughs, which is coming out in December. There's there's a ton of stuff that seems like there's, there's just not as much content. And it's funny because you mentioned the thing about Bendis, and I think that it really does have to do with the fact that he came into DC and he's got this imprint, Jinx World, where he's publishing, like, five titles a month. And that's just eating up spots for other books. As we know, DC has a tendency to hover around 52 issues per month. Um, sometimes it's 53, sometimes it goes down to 50, but it's around that number is how many issues they release per month. And that's everything. That's the Vertigo stuff, all the DC stuff, any of the imprints, that's what they tend to release. Um What's odd about that is that, you know, obviously Bendis coming in and doing that imprint and having five titles that has to take spots from other stuff that's releasing. We also have the Sandman the universe. Imprints always take slots, though? Because, like, does Vertigo take slots? The Vertigo stuff that is currently happening when they're, like, releasing one new series like American Carnage or Goddess Mode or those, those are taking slots that were previously DC books. Oh, okay. I mean, because for a while there was hardly anything that was Vertigo, and then just this past August or whatever, they they announced that huge lineup of new Vertigo books for like the foreseeable future. Whether they're miniseries or not, the idea is that you know they were launching like one new series for like six months straight. All of those books are taking up slots from previously DC books, and a lot of it has to do with the or there was a lot more double shipping books, and now there's not. Um, but then, obviously, you've got Bendis coming, you know, you've got the new Young Justice stuff coming, and there's a bunch of titles that are spinning out of that. Um, but, I mean, like, I'll be honest, okay, there's been a lot, there's always been a lot of Batman stuff. There's always been a lot of Batman miniseries. That's just how it always is. Am I complaining that there's not as much? No, I am not complaining because that means there's less work for, for me, and that means there's le- there's a little bit less work to spread out across the people who are reviewing comics because there won't be as many titles. Um, and honestly, the DC universe as a whole, if it can be healthy without relying 30% on Batman universe stuff, then by all means, I'm not going to sit here and complain about that. Um, I do find it interesting that there are certain titles that are going single ship uh, gradually, and then there's they, they somehow randomly come back to double shipping because we've seen that with a couple of different Night titles. Nightwing was Arg. Um, So yeah, I mean, the big thing is it's just interesting to see what's going on. The other thing that I think is worth noting is that in February there's absolutely no digital first series releasing. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning the, the only one that there is still is Scooby-Doo Team-Up, uh, which is still released in chapters, but there's no new Teen Titans Go. Injustice 2 wraps up uh, just wrapped up with the annual that released in November. Wait, that's the end? That was the yeah, end? It was the end. Yes, it what? was. Ten years of this book that doesn't die and it's over? It's over. Oh my goodness. I guess it is a video game, not a 
comic book. <laughs> yes, that's true. And there, there, there still is the Injustice First Master of the Universe, which I believe is digital first. But even if that is, well, that'll it wrap matter. up really quick. That's that's only got like one or two. I think that's done in January too. But the I just thought it was interesting because there's nothing else. You know, there was this massive focus on digital first series for the longest time. You had DC bombshells, Smallville season eleven, yeah, Smallville season eleven. There was a Batman Beyond one. There was uh, Legends of the Dark Knight. Uh, over the over time, there was also was Gotham City Garage digital first. Yep, Gotham City Garage was one. Yep. There's a bunch of stuff that is... There was that, that Supergirl title. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff over the, the years, and now suddenly there's nothing. And Well, I think a lot of that energy is going to the um, the Zoom and the ink imprints. Which is fine. I don't have an issue with that. I just I think, think it's interesting. I think that's better for because, DC, honestly. Well, I imagine it, it it's better in every way, because I feel like we've talked about this, that that stuff is being marketed towards an audience that really needs to be marketed towards... Um, the digital yeah. first stuff, outside of like the the kid friendly titles, I don't know that any like none of those were getting crazy great sales on in print digital when they were collected. Just has a ceiling until tablets get cheaper. It's never going to be a big enough market yeah. share. It's true. Yeah, I've tried reading comics on my phone and it's just like blah. Ugh, no. no, I hate reading on my phone. Yeah. But I, I got a Kindle explicitly to read comics on mm. it. It's great, but. Not many people are willing to sink, yeah. you know, three to four hundred dollars just to read comics. Yeah. So, outside of that, um, as far as creator changes, there's only, like I said, Dan Abnez coming on Just League Odyssey. Uh, there's new artists uh, coming on different books too, but Dan Abnett coming on Just League Odyssey, it's unknown whether or not he's going to be filling in for Williamson for one issue or a couple issues while Williamson covers the Batman crossover. Uh, but. He conveniently is off of Aquaman, um, so it's very possible that he could be on Odyssey going forward, and it seems like a title that would be up his alley. Um, but it does not, in my opinion, does not bear well for the idea of what Odyssey was if the main creator who is on the title is leaving before the f- sixth issue. Um, and then obviously we had the main artist who was announced for the series leave after the second issue, so... And let's just say I haven't really been enjoying it either, so... I don't really see the point of it. I really don't. I I feel like this is just, like, a random mashup of characters that they had nowhere else to put them. So let's put them in this book and build a story specifically for these characters. And I... I, Which is fine in in most situations, but I don't find the story interesting whatsoever. It's really going to depend on whether it actually goes somewhere. Because I do admit that the last issue feels like it's kind of treading water. Yeah. I still don't understand why they're all gods, and they didn't know it. Well, that I think that's the interesting part. I just think that not answering that question is going to make it drag. Yeah. Okay, so then finally, a few appearances from some other TBU characters and other titles. As we know, Deathstroke, uh, the Deathstroke story in Arkham is going to continue. Leviathan starts to, ta- to, to make a bigger role in the DC Universe with appearances in Action Comics and The Silencer. Um... Not that it's not already appearing in the silencer, it just continues. And then, um, but outside of that, there is nobody appearing in any other books. So maybe DC feels like the rest of the line is stronger and the overabundance of TBU characters and series isn't currently needed. We'll see. Uh, right, so if you want to check out uh, a gallery of some of the highlighted art for the month, as well as all of the solicitations 
for all the titles that are coming out, head over the site and check it out. It is, like I said, a significantly lower or lower amount than uh, January or December is a weird month, but uh, even November. So take a look at that. The next bit of news we have comes on the 21st. Now, despite the fact that the third issue of Batman and the Outsiders was solicited as in February, it was revealed on the 21st that Batman and the Outsiders has been delayed for the foreseeable future. Um, basically, DC contacted retailers to inform them that all orders for the issue solicited to this point, including the third issue um, that had literally just been solicited, have been canceled. Uh now, obviously, before anyone freaks out about this, DC did tell retailers that the series will be resolicited for a later date. This means instead of the series debuting in December as originally planned, the series will likely not launch until at the very earliest March of 2019. This is despite the fact that single print comics this uh, that 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 week had ads inside of them featuring the title and saying that it was launching in December. Now. The question is, what happened? Uh, well, it turns out Brian Hill was asked about the delays on Twitter, and he responded saying that the delay was caused by some other DC Universe events happening and some adjustments needing to be made. He specifically said, oh, there's some in-universe stuff that needs more incorporation into the story. It's a push on the release, but from what I understand, everything is fine. Just taking more time to make the launch po more powerful. Everything is fine. We can only launch Outsiders in this iteration once, so it has to accomplish as much as possible in our book and beyond it. I don't know how many superhero comics run runs I have in me, so I really want this to be special. Mm. So, basically, um, it looks like one of the major events, Heroes in Crisis, Doomsday Clock, or even what's happening in Tom King's Batman, something needed to be adjusted for the new series, and it made more sense to adjust it prior to it releasing. Um, obviously, Whatever happens, here's hoping that things get worked out and the series doesn't suffer similar issues like we saw with Justice League Odyssey that dealt with it when it was reworked and then multiple months of issues were delayed. And then we had the creators <laughs> kind of bail on the title as well. So here's hoping no, that doesn't I think happen. exactly the same thing is going to happen. I think Hell's going to be out after maximum of six issues and Soy's going to be out after three. Aww. The thing is, and it I'm just depends. It this. just depends on how much they have to rework. Like the thing is, we don't obviously know what needs to be reworked. There must be something happening. Three months—that's quite a bit. Yeah, but it could be something. I, see, here's the thing: it seems as if the the reasoning or like the explanation from Hill, at least to me, comes across as not so much that like they have to redo the issues, like. Williamson legitimately said they had to rework the entire plot of Odyssey because of that character in No Justice for all Drox or whatever the heck his name was. Nobody really cared about the character and they felt like he was not the character to be the main focus for the Justice League or for the Odyssey title. And that's why they reworked it was because they wanted to work that character out of the title and work in a different way because that character just wasn't as accepted as they thought it would be. That's what he said in well, interviews. Well, and also, um, what's his name? Sijic, Sjepin Sijic, um, had actually drawn at least a full issue. He posted clips of it. So I think really he was actually two Soy issues in before, before they, they, did, they canceled it. But yeah. yeah, and that's a lot of money that DC had to pay him because not, he's not going to draw that even if they scrap it for free. Hmm. Yeah, so 
basically the gist of this is I'm guessing that there could be some simple things. I, I don't know that it's necessarily that they're being completely reworked because it feels like if it was being completely reworked, it wouldn't have made sense for the marketing to be pushing the launch of the title, literally the title coming out within two, three weeks of, of uh, this, and then we find out it's it's being held back. And I have a feeling it has less to do with the fact that they have to like rework and redo certain aspects of the issue, like maybe a panel or a page here or there to like incorporate some of the stuff that's happening elsewhere. But I think it more has to do with the fact that timing wise, something is going to happen mm. in one of you know because of Heroes of Crisis or Doomsday Clock. It's probably not Doomsday Clock though. It's probably Heroes and Heroes in Crisis or the stuff that's happening in Tom King's Batman run. There's something in those titles that's going to be happening come spring, March, April time frame. And they realized, well, why would we launch this in December if we have to adjust the direction of the mm -hmm. book come the fourth issue? And there's been rumors out there that Batman could be, sh like, Tom King, come issue 75, Tom King could be shelving... Um, Batman for, for an arc or two um, just taking him off the board um, and having Bruce not be Batman there's a lot of rumors out there I don't I don't I don't have anything concrete and I don't have anything like you know worth bringing up other than there are rumors out there that people believe that this is going to happen based off of the what's been happening in Tom King's run Batman being off the shelf obviously would be a reason to not launch Batman and the Outsiders because you can't have Batman and the Outsiders if Batman's not going to be around after the fourth issue. Or you have to significantly change the direction of what you're doing. So I'm hoping that it's just something like that where it's like we're just going to launch at a different time so that we can readjust. But if it is something like that, you, you imagine there has to be enough reworked, especially if you push it back too. So not good one way or the other. And this was a title I was looking forward to same i really i i just really want to see this this team these characters this writer this artist and i feel like dc i mean this was already delayed because hill finished up his arc of detective in july i think and we were expecting to get outsiders launched in like august or september he finishes at the end of august Oh, okay. So we were expecting, like, September or October, and they pushed it out to December, and now they're pushing it at least to March. Hi, <sighs> Karampa. Yeah. But it sounds like, at least the PR version of it, that it's... They're trying to make sure the quality doesn't suffer? So that gives you a little bit of hope, but that's probably just something they say anyway, regardless of whether it's going to yeah. suck or not. I mean, it's not like they're going to say, it's crap, we're rewriting it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, that's that. That's all the news we've got. There's not, I mean, this is the time of the year where there's not a whole ton of news. So I would imagine that very, we're not going to see a lot of news really in the month of December either. Because December is notoriously a slow month. Obviously solicitations will still come out, but for the most part, you know... That's for that. So, we're going to dive straight into our comic book reviews, and the first one we've got is Batman. Batman number 59. Writer, Tom King. 
artist Mikkel Janin. In the present, Batman breaks into Arkham Asylum, shrouded in blackness. Earlier, he told Penguin he doesn't believe the mobster. Uh, Penguin had recently revealed that Bane was in charge of everything that had happened to him. Now, he continues past lines of heavily armed guards, intimidating them into letting him pass. Earlier, Penguin offered evidence of the freeze frame job and others, claiming that Bane is running Arkham Asylum and Gotham City from inside a cell. Batman insisted that Bane was incapacitated by their confrontation in I Am Bane, but Penguin scoffed at his assertion. Now, Bane cowers from Bane's, Batman's enormous shadow in his padded cell. Batman attempts to force a reaction from the seemingly childish criminal, faking a confidence in Penguin's narrative. He hurls Bane around the cell violently as Bane whimpers and cries for his mother. Earlier, as Penguin smirked, Batman said that he doesn't believe Cobblepot because he's committing suicide if Bane is as powerful as he claims. Penguin responded that he's motivated to his betrayal by love. Now, as Batman continues to brutally beat the unresisting Bane, the enormous but seemingly helpless man continues to beg for mercy. Batman attempts to force a boast, a reaction, anything, to no avail. Earlier, Penguin demanded that Batman stop throwing him around. He offered to give himself up to Gordon, knowing that Bane will kill him in his cell because, without his wife Penny, life was meaningless. Now, Gordon bursts into Bane's cell, and as he tries to restrain a frantic Batman, is knocked to the floor by a furious punch to the face. Cold with rage... Gordon orders Batman out of his sight, or he'll throw the entire GCPD at him, then the Justice League. Earlier, Penguin looked at his portrait of his wife, a tear falling from his single eye, saying that he had nothing to prove his love, but everything he said was true. The doctors in Arkham worked to treat Bane from internal bleeding after Batman's savage beating, as Batman flees, telling Alfred he doesn't know if he believes the Penguin or Bane. As Bane lies on the gurney, one of his eyes open, a red slit, and he smiles sadistically. So, this is the second issue of uh, this arc, The Tyrant's Wing. Uh, We see here that Tom King has his, his frequent structure of a parallel. So, he has the present where Batman's entering Arkham and beating Bane up, and you have the past where the Penguin is revealing uh, what he says is the truth. We don't know if it's true or not. Um, What do you think Bane is up to here? Uh, I'm pretty sure the most obvious answer is he's just trying to make it seem like he is not actually involved. He's trying to mess with that man's head and be like, I'm just this coward who sits in the corner and I don't actually have anything to do. And I think the reality of it is that he's got everybody tricked. But the question is, how does he have everybody tricked? Because even when Gordon comes in and Gordon's like, I've been watching him on the camera. Well, we know he hasn't been in that corner the entire time. So there's either got to be somebody taking the spot of Bane while the real Bane is down in the caverns of Arkham or the basement of Arkham, like, you know, enacting his plans or whatever, or someone's messing with everybody's minds, which we know is possible too, so. 
Yeah, it really seems like it's not just, you know, discrediting Batman for, for everyone else, but, like, making Batman doubt himself. Like, I've, knowing that Bane is behind this, I found myself wondering, well, is Batman doing the right thing right now? Like, is he crazy? Is he just... And, and it, was, it was an interesting mind screw, if you will, um, that, that, that Bane is doing on Batman and, and basically making him doubt whether he's even sane. Never mind doing the right thing. Well, that's a good point. You bring up the idea of Batman doing the right thing, and I think that Tom King has been pushing the idea that Batman isn't necessarily in the right in all his confrontations with Bane. If you look at I Am Suicide, he invades a sovereign nation without any kind of international treaty or anything. He literally is breaking the law of of the world. He, um, he doesn't attempt to... S- you know, he could have said, hey, Bane, can I bring Gotham Girl here mm-hmm. to, to let um, Psycho Pirate heal her in your in your nation? He's just like, no, I'm taking Psycho Pirate. You're not allowed to have him anymore. And the lack of negotiation or even, like, contacting him seemed really out of character. Um, now that we know it, that Batman was suffering from a belief that Catwoman had murdered several hundred people um, and was just really off his game... I think that that action makes more sense, but I do think that Tom King is pushing us to say, we love Batman. Batman's a hero, but he's not always mm-hmm. right. He's just human. He's got these things that affect his motivation. Well, they definitely that, mean that, because, I mean, look what happened with Mr. Freeze. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the whole jury issue, which, by the way, is one of the best issues, the whole best arcs that Tom King has done since he started Batman. It was just great exploration of Batman as human and the way that impacts the citizens of Gotham. So I think that Steph really hit on it. Is Batman right? Now, we know, because of the end of Batman 50, that Bane really is playing a chess master, and he's really screwing with Batman's head, and the smile mm-hmm. at the end of this issue proves that he's not just, you know, this helpless guy who's sort of catatonic or, or you know, helpless now. But I am very curious to know how he's getting in and out of his cell to the to the the throne of skulls that he likes to sit on if he is um if if none of the guards like so we know that a lot of the guards are going to be corrupt um i don't think we have any problem believing that this is arkham this is gotham but gordon is not corrupt we know that gordon's not going to lie to bruce now gordon can't watch bane 24 7 and it's possible that he's being shown doctored footage but how is he getting in and out um, and I think Dustin asked the right question. I guess we're going to have to wait and see because I think this arc is going to be longer than I thought. I thought this was going to be another um, three-part arc, but it looks like it's going to stretch out for a little bit longer. And something like that, I don't know if they would even broach till you know closer to the denouement, if you will. Um, because he's got to continue to get in and out, and if they explain it now, it seems like that would take away a bit of the the mystery or whatever. So, um, this is issue 59. We have, um, let's see, 15... I believe we have 16 issues to go before issue 75, which we've been told is the next big turning point in the, the overall 100-issue story. How do you think this is going to push forward to 75? Uh, how do you think this mind screw that Bane's pulling on Batman 
will affect him. I mean, Dustin's talked about rumors about Batman not being Batman. Do you think he's actually going to do that? Do you think he's going to take off the cowl? Well, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I've I've been spending probably a little bit more time in places that I shouldn't when it comes to rumors and people talking about DC stuff and things <laughs> like that. Um, but the thing is, like, I don't know. I, I feel like something that drastic has to happen. It would make sense for him to take off the cowl. Some of the things I've read online say that, like, that basically this is this is Tom King, you know, kind of reinventing Night's End um, to a to a degree, and Nightfall and things like that. So, I mean, I don't see Bane breaking Batman, but I feel like emotionally he could break him, and then that's why he takes the cowl off. But I I don't know. I mean, like, let's be honest here. If he didn't take the cowl off after the you know the the stuff with Catwoman happened and he didn't take the call off after Nightwing got shot. I don't know what is going to actually prompt him to take the call off unless someone actually dies and then if that's the case I can't I mean like Alfred would be the one that makes the most sense. Yeah, I was about to say he's Bane's broken his relationship with his love, Catwoman. He's broken his relationship with his first son, Dick. He is breaking his relationship with his best friend, um, James, Jim Gordon. I think that the father relationship that Bruce and Alfred have is going to be the next thing under attack. Yeah, and I, I mean, that's pretty yeah, clear. and that's also probably, I'm sure that ties into the fact that, you know, Flashpoint Batman was in Batman 52. That'll probably have something to do with that father aspect. Mm. Uh, with Alfred, but the th- the thing that I guess I don't I don't understand is if you spend seventy five issues breaking him down, you can't just jump back into like I- I- even if Batman takes the call off by issue number seventy five, and he goes like let's say six issues, even twelve issues, not being in the cowl, that only leaves another like thirteen issues before he gets a hundred. I don't know that you could like. I feel like the build-up to this is so so long and so many issues that if we only get the story wrapping up in like the first the last five issues because suddenly we've got to sprint towards the end, I don't know that it's going to be a really good landing. I mean, I really don't because the thing is like, well, how, how many issues was uh, Bruce back in the cowl in uh, Super Heavy? He was back in the cowl one issue. <laughs> That's true, but so, I mean, let's be honest. Here. I wouldn't that's, put it past yes, them. Yes, that's to do that's that the again. problem with these stories. I mean, you spend so much time working up to this massive like conflict, but then the conflict happens, and then it's like, so how do you get out of the conflict? Oh, we're gonna do this, and it's only gonna be like a couple issues. And it's like you just spent let, like let's just put this in perspective here. If he spent ninety five issues building up towards the big end, I mean. Okay, we don't even have to pretend. This happened. This has happened multiple times. We saw this in Batman Eternal and Batman and Robin Eternal where they built this up and built and built and built and built and then the end and you're like, that's it? That's all? <laughs> I mean, Batman Eternal had 52 issues, which, I mean, Tom King's got well more than that, but Batman Eternal had 52 issues and it didn't feel like anything was actually, like, getting anywhere until just the last couple. And it's like... There's too much buildup, and I remember specifically complaining on the comic cast about 
we spent too much time building this up, and you know, maybe it, sh- it shouldn't have been fifty-two issues. As great of an idea of that is, it was a bad idea in the longer, lar- the larger scheme of things because it just was too much. There was too much going on, and then it felt like stuff wasn't even resolved. And when you have you spend fifty-two issues not resolving things, that's 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 a horrible way of ending it. And I can only imagine that. You know, we get through the 105 issues that Tom King is on, and then suddenly it's like, whatever happened to... What, what, why didn't we ever get back to Gotham Girl? Or why didn't we ever get back to, you know, this part of it? Or I really hope that does not happen. I really hope it doesn't happen, and, and there is some conclusion. Because, honestly, at this point, it just feels like it's just building, 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 and there's more, more less and less things being answered and wrapped up. Like... Well, I... I would disagree. I think that we're seeing a lot of parallels. Um, I mentioned this in my review, but the fight between... I mean, not the fight, the beating that Batman gives Bane is deliberately paralleling what happened in I Am Bane in the final issue of that. And so I think that we see that Tom King is deliberately layering in these bits to to tie everything together, and I think that's really good. Um, We know that he's building to a death of Batman um, because he mentioned it at the end of I Am Gotham. Gotham Girl has this narration saying, later after Batman died, after what I did. And now we know that Gotham Girl is working with Bane, so that's part of what she did. I'm sure she's going to come back. So I think it's going to be I think there's a good chance that when we get to 75, that's going to be the death of Batman, and then we've got a year, 24 issues to build up to the confrontation in a hundred. And I'm with you. I'd like to see um, a minimum of... I, I personally would like to see 12 issues of Batman just sort of building and building up to a hundred. So from 88 to a hundred. I think it might be more likely to be uh, like 94 to a hundred, six issues. Um, but I, I have been satisfied with most of Tom King's output. Um, I was disappointed with Mr. Miracle. I know. Please give me comments. Come on our Discord. Give us comments so you can tell me how I'm wrong. But um, I I do think Tom King can stumble. But I think if you look at something like Omega Men or Grayson or um, uh, Vision, he he builds and his, his endings are satisfying. Now, they're very, very tragic. So I wouldn't expect issue 100 and then the epilogue of 101 to 105 to be happy. But I think it will have meaning. I think it will have some, some, some real satisfaction. At least that's what I hope. I'm, I'm trying to get my optimism back after issue 50 killed it. Kind of going back to your original question about like how are they going to uncowl him, it makes sense, I think, so if this is the um, psychological nightfall that they'll just continue this mind screw till Batman feels he cannot be Batman. Like, I don't know if it necessarily has to involve the death of a father or a father figure. I mean, it might, especially since Flashpoint Batman is involved. But I wonder if the final kicker is just going to be something that Batman will start questioning his judgment to the point where he wonders if he can even be Batman anymore. And then that what that's what prompts him to take the, the cowl off. I really think that he's going to do something that's going to count as a death. Um... Because he, he talked about how Grant Morrison told him that he had to kill Batman. Um, and Scott Snyder also killed Batman. And Scott Snyder said he got the same advice. So I think 
we're going to have something that counts as a death. Well, I think taking the cowl off is... Yeah, I mean, taking Batman the cowl off is just as... Is the death just of Batman. As equivalent, yeah. Could be. I feel like it's cut <laughs> for cheat, though. Th- those are my questions. So I, I'm pretty much done with my discussion, I think. I had one question. Go for it. Um, so pretty much we hear not too much more about Penny in this issue, but the one descriptor we get about her is she has green eyes. And Selina has green eyes. So I don't think it's a coincidence that the only physical descriptor they give is the same eye color as Bruce's girlfriend. Do you think that was intentional by Bane, or do you think that was something else? That's... It's definitely intentional by King. Yes. I don't know if it's intentional by any of the characters. Um, because one of the things I have been loving about the Tyrant Ring so far is this parallel between Penguin's loss of his wife and Bruce's loss of Selina. Yeah. Well, I mean, but I think I see I see what I see what you're saying, Steph, about, you know, that could easily be a connection because if Penguin says something about the green eyes, that might, you know, hit a emotional mm-hmm. button. Oh, you think that Bane might have like made Penguin like planned this so it would be even more unsettling to Bruce? Yeah. Like I mean if it were go- I'm, I'm guessing yeah. I'm guessing that's that's yeah. I mean I don't know that he is, but I mean King could definitely make you know be implying that um, because there's there's no I mean like let's be honest what why would Penguin even need to mention the eye color? Yeah. Unless the, there was a reason and the reason is that it makes it hits that button you know it's poking poking the bear that is Batman so so do you think Penguin is being honest or do you think he's still working for Bane even when he's sort of betraying him do you think this is still part of Bane's plan? honestly I wouldn't put yeah. it past Penguin still working mm-hmm. for Bane because quite honestly it seems like anytime anybody is working or it seems to be going against Bane it turns out they mm-hmm. are I mean like it, the only exception was the, the Catwoman thing in I Am Suicide, but you know where we thought she was working, but she was actually double crossing Bane. Which, if that wasn't the case, we would have never gotten to the direction we went with the wedding. But I wouldn't put it past Penguin, quite honestly, because I feel like eventually, if he was still working against Bane, I feel like it would just be. It would just like I don't. I don't know that ultimately Batman. Batman cannot protect Penguin forever. It's just not possible. And with everything that is going on with Bane and the the control that he has, I don't know that Penguin can honestly see himself in a position where he could protect himself, or, you know, that he could see Batman protecting him from Bane, especially with the way Bane's Mm -hmm. reach has been. And, And, I mean, after he talked to Bane, after Penguin talked to Bane in prison, or in Arkham, this is the only thing that Penguin's done, so it would make sense that this was the instruction that Bane gave him to do. Excellent point. I hadn't really considered that, but um, I guess we'll just have to keep reading to find out. Oh, I guess he was supposed to kill Alfred. All right, so um, I'm going to give this issue a total of three and a half. I gave it a four. I really liked the art, and it really messed with my mind, so I felt, figured it was very well written. I think I gave it a three and a half as well. Alright, so that's going to give Batman a total of three and a half out of five bad ranks. Let's move into our next book, Detective Comics. Detective Comics, number 993, written by James Robinson, art by Carmine D. G. Domingo. 
the issue starts off with uh, basically a priest greeting a eulogy as Batman Gor- or as Bruce Gordon and others stand around the grave t- taking in every spoken word. He says that Gotham has enjoyed learning one of their most notorious villains has died, and although that may be true, Gotham also lost one of their heroes, Harvey Dent. The priest tells the crowd that the moments came, Harvey sacrificed himself for the greater good. When Cobra threatened Gotham by poisoning their water supply, Harvey immediately partnered with Batman to stop this criminal act. In a flashback, the camera shows what happened the night Dent died. Harvey and Batman entered the sewers, searching for the Cobra cult. Batman warns Harvey if the chemical agent reaches the water, then there is no way to stop this mind-controlling agent. Cobra will have immediately won. There is no way to stop this agent. There is only one way to stop the agent, and it's heat. Fire, steam, really anything hot will do as long as it is a way to neutralize the threat. At a two-way junction in the sewers, Harvey and Batman split up in his search. Batman stumbles upon Cobra. He disarms the minions and tries to rejoin Harvey, but Harvey has his own mission, to find the chemical agent. Batman tries to warn Harvey to no avail. Harvey jumps headfirst into their staging area. Right before Cobra is able to dump the chemical agent, Harvey shoots a a pressured valve on the device, and the entire sewer erupts in flames. The priest, back in the present time, asks the attendees if Harvey Dent is a hero. He most certainly was, at least for a moment. Bruce, from his office at Wayne Enterprises, receives a call from Alfred. Alfred is a bit surprised that he is there. He assumed Bruce would want to return to the manor after the funeral. Bruce states that he has work to catch up on since he is not there very often. Also, the work is pretty mind-numbing, a good distraction from a, for a man grieving his childhood friend. Alfred states Cobra was defeated and the gas was neutralized, and there is a silver lining in all of this. Bruce agrees that Cobra was defeated, but he refutes the claim that the gas was neutralized. Bruce also states that Dent's sacrifice was none at all. Harvey faked his death. In the airport hangar, Batman tells Harvey, who is accompanied by the Fireflies, the agents of Leviathan are not coming. Harvey, surprised, asks how he found him. Batman shares Dent had the Fireflies released for their help disarming the bomb. He knew something was up, most likely that Dent needed Carson's help with the fire. He needed his help to survive the fire, but appeared to have been killed. Harvey admits that at the moment he had to take his chance to escape. He says it could not hurt to help Leviathan sense that they are on the rise. Bruce states all he had to do was to monitor Carson, and he knew that he would lead them straight to Harvey. Thankfully, he already planted a tracker on Carson during their first fight. Batman warns the Fireflies that they should disengage and flee. Carson tells Harvey that he is sorry, and he and Pike leave. Harvey admits that he would have done the same. Leaving Batman and Harvey alone, they prepare for a fight. This old game, the Batman vs. Two-Face, is afoot again. As Batman jumps down to arrest Harvey, he admits he is thankful Harvey is still alive. Harvey shoots at Batman and says that he is happy, too. Alright. The end. Forever. Forever and ever, they will always <laughs> be together. <laughs> okay. Um, oh my gosh. Okay, so the first thing I want to I want to do is, if Batman was, uh, <laughs> if, if Batman knew that Harvey wasn't dead, why did he go to Wayne Enterprise and say that he was looking for something to? being mind-numbing for someone who is grieving the the life of a friend who died during his childhood. I mean, like, let's be honest here. There's some, like, there's this build-up that, oh, Harvey Dent, he's dead, he's dead, he's dead. 
But I knew all along he wasn't dead. But I just said he was dead to everybody that is listening. Because why? There's no reason. There's really no reason. Um, I don't honestly have a lot to say about this issue. I mean, it comes as to no surprise. I have not enjoyed this story arc whatsoever. Um, I do like Two-Face as a character. But I feel like the entire... like. I'll, I'll I'll give this one compliment to the story arc. I like that we can see Harvey be a hero, even if he is looking out for number one. Um, you know, he does help Batman take down Cobra, and you know, from releasing the the mind controlling agent. So there's that part of it. I do like when Harvey is portrayed as a hero um, because he, he is that. He was that before he became Two-Face, and I think that is a very important role for that character. Unlike some other people, other other writers out there who have written Harvey Dent as, you know, this other person. Obviously, there there's a split personality here, but the, the issue that I've always had with other writers' interpretations of Two-Face is that it's always Two-Face, and the, it's all about the coin, and it's nothing else. It's not that there's a conflicting, mm-hmm. I have to be the hero, and then the other one is, I have to, you know, just raise hell. Um, that's the the version of Two-Face that I prefer, the one that's conflicting with itself, not just, uh, I gotta flip a coin, and the coin's gonna decide whether or not I kill you or not that that's not the same thing as having a split personality so i at least appreciate that aspect of two-face but honestly like the art was great there's like i've got nothing but good things to say about the art uh it's an absolute shame that this art was wasted on this horrific story um but honestly like (laughs) you know do we did anybody for a minute when they started reading this comic actually think that two-face was dead probably not because let's no, let's no, be honest. No. I mean, like he's not going to be dead. They're not going to let someone kill Two Face off in a fill-in yeah. arc. So, I mean, like it's one of those things where you know, whenever a cover hints at something like that, you know, it's not happening. But like Batman catching on fire, that would have been so interesting. Yeah, but he didn't catch on fire. So yeah, um, I mean, honestly, if you guys have any comments about the arc as a whole. I don't have any questions because I am just glad it's over. Ding dong, Cobra's dead. The wicked Cobra, the Cobra's dead. Ding dong. This arc was just dreadful. Uh, I don't know if I can say it's worse than what I read from Robinson's Wonder Woman run, but it was terrible. And I... It's literally resetting itself at the end of this issue. It's, it's telling us that the entire story didn't matter at all. Uh. There's no words for this issue. It is terrible. It is terrible. There were enough words in the issue. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Too many words. I liked the, or I didn't, I, li- I did, I disliked the, uh, expo- exposizing, ex- expositioning, Expositing. uh, expositing uh funeral minister that was dreadful <laughs> come on bruce you're like the richest guy hire a good pastor <laughs> hire a good pastor hire someone who doesn't need to retail the entire last art house star Heck, get leslie to do a eulogy i'm sure leslie's better than this <laughs> <laughs> he was a good guy he did stuff he died amen yeah 
I do want to point out that the, the only other story that I remembered James Robinson being involved in that was Batman related was uh, Batman Face to Face. And this came out back in like 2006. It was like five issues of Batman and four issues of Detective Comics. Um, and it just obviously happened to be a Two-Face story too. Um, looking at Robinson's bibliography when it comes to his stuff with Batman, he's also worked on some other stuff with uh, for ba- Batman Legends of the Dark Knight. But none of that stuff is specific. None of that stuff is specifically continuity type stories, and none of them are very long. A lot of the issue I'm looking at the list of issues that he did, and a lot of them like there was none that were more than four issues, but most of them were just one or two fill-in issues. Um, the thing is, like, I don't know. Let's just let, let's just agree that uh, Robinson should stay away from Batman for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Yes, please. Just go do your TV stuff, Robinson. You'll make more money and you won't bother us as much. Have you guys ever seen the um, Avatar The Last Airbender movie? No. No, oh, but I, yes. I, I've seen a couple episodes of the TV show, but the... But oh, the, the show sh- is Yeah, everybody always... I, I've always heard really good things about the show. The movie, people said it's utter crap. I've watched five minutes of the movie, and it has established itself as my standard for the worst thing I've ever seen. And I think now for comics, this might be on par with the my standard for the worst comic ever written. But I'm limited in my knowledge, you know. I'm still new to comics, so I've only read a few stinkers. You know, the funny thing is, if, you know... I keep thinking about the fact that Detective Comics sales have been just slowly going down. And I don't know what the sales numbers were since Robinson came on board, but I imagine they have gone down more. And, like, Tomasi coming on to Detective Comics will boost it a little bit, but it's not going to do, like, some crazy boost where it's going to be, like... You know, a couple, a couple extra ten tens of thousands of issue or comment. You know, per per issue, it's not gonna. That's not gonna happen. I think they're really hoping that uh, a thousand gives it a strong boost. Well, I'm sure it will give it a strong boost, but I oh, doubt yeah. the boost is gonna stay around. It, it's just one of those things where it's like, Tiny was doing a great job, and I and I get that. You know, mm-hmm. the main reason why he left the title was because. He, he was offered just dark, which was one of his like dream projects to do. I'm not going to fault the guy for wanting to, you know, do his dream project. And honestly, it seems like he's way more involved in way more stuff than he was when he was just doing detective comics. Because he's, no kidding, he's doing, he just did two back to back weekly crossovers. Yeah, I know. I mean, like that's insane to begin with. But then on top of that, he's also doing, like I said earlier, like every fourth issue of Justice League. And it feels like I see his name on more issues of Justice League or the Justice League event stuff than Snyder himself, who's supposedly the you know the architect behind New Justice. But anyway, the the the, the thing that I am I keep wrapping my head around is the fact that like the sales had been going down, but it's just that that gradual you know deterioration of of the sales to begin with. You know, Batman has continually slowly dropped here or there you know it doesn't stay up eventually it has to go down for whatever reason when you compare the stuff like Scott Snyder was doing for whatever reason he had these moments where like it would start to go down but then it would spike and we go back up for some reason and I don't know why that was happening as much more frequently than what we're seeing here but 
Um, I feel like Robinson coming onto the book kind of didn't do this book any favors. And no. although Tomasi will be around until number 1,000, which will clearly give it a spike, I don't see it, you know, gr- you know, moving up significantly before that spike just because it's the 1,000th issue. So that's that. All right, so Detective Comics, I'm going to give one and a half. I gave it a two because Cobra died and the art was really good. Two out of five. One. <laughs> All right, and over on the site, Tony gave it one, so that's going to give Detective Comics a total of one and a half out of five batterings. That is all of our in-depth reviews. Let's head over to the site for Greater Gotham. First up on November 21st, we have Main TBU Books, where we talked about Batman number 59. Nightwing number 53, Rick Grayson starts to move on with his life, and Detective Sapenza has mixed results in his first outing as Nightwing. This is by Adele. He gave it three and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one a neutral. Thumbs up. Thumbs down. <laughs> Harley Quinn number 54, in the wake of minor disaster breaking the internet with Harley's breakdown video, Harley takes matters into her own hands and escalates the action to compensate. This was reviewed by David. He gave it three and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one a neutral. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Batman 100 page comic giant number five. Batman and Green Arrow chase the Riddler but stumble onto something much more dangerous. Ian reviewed this on the site and he gave it three out of five. I'm going to give this one a neutral. Abstain. Neutral. Uh, no secondary TBU books. Main DC Universe books. Justice League number 12. While the league gains the upper hand against the Triumvirate, the Legion of Dune make off with the totality. This is by Corbin. He gave it 3 out of 5. I'm going to give this one a thumbs down. Abstain. Abstain. Justice League Dark, number 5. Constantine and Swamp Thing challenge Dr. Fate. The rest of the team goes to Mira, and a stranger appears. This was reviewed by Tony. He gave it 4 out of 5. I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. Neutral leaning to up. Neutral. Team Titans number 24, the, team trust, the team's trust is put to the test as a building threatens to collapse on top of them. This is by Adul. He gave it 3.5 out of 5. I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Neutral. I mean, sorry, abstain. Secondary DC Universe books, Injustice 2 Annual number 2, the Injustice versions of Batman, Joker, Catwoman, Alfred, Nightwing, Oracle, Batwoman, Killer Moth, Deadshot, and Killer Croc appear in the issue. Thumbs up. <laughs> yes, very thumbs up. That would that would be actually a suggestion that I would say if you're not picking up, not that I suggest picking up the entire series because I've been following along loosely with the entire run of the Injustice stuff, but that annual by far, if you haven't read it, find it, read it. It's Absolutely. some good stuff. It's good stuff. I have to give it a reluctant thumbs up because I hate <laughs> the concept and everything, but it was it was very well done. Alright, moving on to November 28th, main TBU, main TBU books, we already talked about Detective Comics. Batgirl number 29, Barbara realizes her father and much of Gotham's elite are in danger from Grotesque's music museum bomb. This is you by Jerry, he gave it 4 out of 5, I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Batman Beyond number 26, while Terry and Matt try to regroup following the bombing of the Wayne building and rescue as many people as possible, Barbara faces off with the Joker that the Bat family remembers all too well. This is by Bill. He gave it four out of five. I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. Thumbs up. 
Uh, neutral and a question. Is this... Is uh, Return of the Joker still active at all in this continuity? Yes, it is. Okay, so I'm I'm confused. Yeah, you're not. I guess we'll have to find out. (laughs) All right, secondary TBU books: uh, Batman Kings of Fear number four. Scarecrow sits Batman down for a session and learns a bit about him. This is by Corbin. He gave it four out of five. I'm gonna give this one a neutral. Neutral. And can I ask a question? I don't know if I missed something at the beginning, but why, 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 why <laughs> is is Batman letting Scarecrow be his psychologist? I think he's under fear gas right now. Is he? Okay. Yeah, because even in this issue, they make a comment about how the fear toxin that Batman is currently experiencing is it's, different than it's different, usual. different, yeah. And he says it's because they use some chemicals, like cleaning, <laughs> cleaning, a, cleaning chemicals, chemicals, to create it. So. Oh. Ian. Sorry. I'll give it a thumbs up. Old Lady Harley, number two. Harley and Red Tool meet up with the future Batman and then travel to what has become of Arkham. This is by David. He gave it four and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one a neutral. Neutral. Abstain. Also, I didn't like that Catwoman was married to Killer Croc. What? What? <laughs> that was so many weird stuff going on there. I feel like I abstained in the right Somehow, <laughs> Somehow, Dick Grayson married Harley Quinn. Mary Harley, well, everyone married Harley Quinn in this book. That's true. <laughs> All right, main DC Universe books. Uh, DC Nuclear Winter Special number one. Rip Hunter tells a series of post-apocalyptic holiday tales set in the DC Universe. This is by Paul. He gave it three out of five. I'm going to give this one a neutral. Neutral. Well, I think this was a thumbs up. It was a lot better than um, the summer one. And I'd say it's about equal to the the Halloween one. Oh, I like the summer one better. I liked the summer one. Oh, really? I didn't like the summer one. It's not quite as good as last year's Christmas one, but this one I thought was pretty good. All right. Heroes in Crisis number three. More insight into what happened at the sanctuary before the catastrophic events of the first issue are shared. Subai Del, he gives three and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. A thumbs up neutral. I'm giving this one a thumbs up on execution, but I'm still really unhappy with the fact that they've decided that they need to go grim and gritty again after the optimism of Rebirth. <laughs> I just was frustrated how nothing seemed to really happen. Like, the, the, this issue didn't really move the for- story forward that much, I didn't think. And I think that was because this issue was added in. Oh, was it? Because this was the, one of the issues that... Remember, it was only supposed to be seven issues seven. initially, and then they added two, mm-hmm. and Lee Weeks was one of them. Well, this was the Lee Weeks issue that they oh, added in. Oh, okay. So I'm pretty sure that the reason why nothing's moving is because of that. Okay. I mean, I don't mind nothing happening because, as I said, in execution, it's very good. I, I feel, I like have a lot of emotional reactions. It's very effective. And Art, Lee Weeks is a master. He's one of my favorites now. I just, this, they killed Wally West, who came back in Rebirth as the <laughs> symbol of Rebirth. This is This is a problem. I know. Unless, of course, none of them are actually dead. No, they're dead. Unless none of them are dead. They can't be dead. They'd kill, they literally killed everybody. Literally they're killed dead. everybody. <laughs> we'll, 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 uh, we'll hedge your bets on that. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> they're dead. <laughs> Just League Odyssey, number three. The team is against a new threat as they learn more about the ancient prophecy that includes them. This is by Bob. He gave it one out of five. and give this Dang, one a thumbs one down. Out of five. Neutral. Um... I'm going to say oh, thumbs gosh. up, although I think that uh, they should have put DJ Domenico on this title earlier because uh, 
I like Philip Briones okay, but he's nowhere near the artist that Sejic or DJ Domenico is. And this this title really needs art to, to carry it. Alright, secondary DC Universe books, Aquaman, The Just League, Drown Number 1, Batman, Batwoman, Huntress, Man-Bat, and Solomon Grundy all appear in the issue. Injustice vs. Masters of the Universe Number 5, the Injustice versions of Batman, Catwoman, Batman, Damian Wayne, Red Hood, and Harley Quinn appear in the issue. Silencer Number 11, Talia al Ghul, along with Leviathan, appear in the issue. Titans Number 30, Dick Grayson, appears as Robin and Nightwing in the issue. Finally, uh, TBU trades and hardcovers from the past two weeks. Now, obviously, as you know, holidays are right around the corner, so DC's got a ton of stuff that's releasing in preparation for your wallets to be opened and and to be used. Uh, So, uh, we have Batman Night Quest, the Surge trade paperback, Batman by Francis Manipul and Brian Buccioletto, deluxe edition hardcover, Legends of the Dark Knight, Norm Brayfogel, Volume 2 hardcover. Harley Quinn by Carl Kessel and Terry Dodson, Deluxe Edition, Book 2 hardcover. Harley's Little Black Book, Trade Paperback, Justly Volume 1, The Totality, Trade Paperback. Suicide Squad Rebirth, Deluxe Edition, Book 3 hardcover. Justly Power Rangers, Trade Paperback. Batman Night Send, Trade Paperback. Teen Titans, The Silver Age, Volume 2, Trade Paperback. And Young Justice, Book 3, Trade Paperback. So it's everything that you can get right now that has released. If we give a thumbs up, thumbs down, or a neutral rating, uh, if we give a rating to any of those books, we have full reviews, including the synopsis of all of those over on the site. And uh, every single week we have reviews Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Wednesday are all the Batman-specific books. Thursday is all of the greater Gotham, like this, the villains and uh, and allies of Batman that are specifically stationed in Gotham, um, normally stationed in Gotham, I should say, or originate from Gotham. Um, those are all those all release on Thursday, and then on Friday is all the team books or the greater DC stuff that uh, we specifically cover. So that is what you can expect week to week. Uh, obviously, if you're re- reading some of these reviews on the site as a alternative to purchasing the comics themselves, I strongly urge you to support us on Patreon because all the people who are reviewing those titles on the site, they, they volunteer their time for the site so you can share just a little bit of money with us on Patreon to support the site in return. Also, be sure to leave comments and uh, share your rating for those issues which is at the bottom of each review over on the site. That being said, uh, before we move on to our next thing, let's real quick thank our Patreon supporters for the past over the past couple weeks. Uh, thank you, Theodis, Robert, Stephanie, Brendan, Ian, Anthony, Arturo, Irwin, Brian, Jay Dutton, Real No Deuces, and Donald. Thank you very much for supporting us at the tiers that you guys support us. I, As I said earlier, uh, as you are probably aware, because I'm guessing the vast majority of our supporters listen to our comic cast, and that's why they're supporting us, um, I we do have two episodes of TBU Raw for November that will still release, as well as one more TBU Extra. Uh, the one TBU Extra that we did release was... Red Hood in the or Red Hood Outlaw uh, for November. Uh, we do we will still release the other ones. I apologize that uh, we didn't release them in November, but trust me when I say when we release them in the, the hopefully the next week, um, you guys will have a ton of stuff because we're going to try to make sure that the, the stuff for December is going to come quicker and not just at the end of the month. A lot of this has to do with I just 
I tend every year around this time, November, December, I tend to have a lot less time. Work gets busy for me. The site is obviously a huge priority. And then I just have a problem making sure that I take care of stuff that we need to take care of. So I apologize, but it is coming and we're doing our best to make sure that we produce that content for you guys. So thank you very much for supporting us on Patreon. If you are so inclined to support us on Patreon, there are other rewards outside of uh, the TV Raw and TV Extra, which we've talked about in the past. Right now, there's also a huge holiday giveaway. Um, you can see the details over on the, over on the Patreon as to what we are actually giving away, but we're giving a, some of the stuff that's part of the giveaway for this, this quarter is actually we have an Eagle Moss uh, Batman statue that stands just under two feet tall um, that was that we we were given by Eagle Moss for our giveaway. We also have a giant fort, well, not giant, but a mini 4D uh, Gotham City puzzle, uh, Batman virtual reality playset, um, and then there's also a Batman uh, Batman the Dark Knight Master Race hardcover, as well as the burton and schumacher blu-ray of all of those films as well so lots of stuff we made sure we had a decent giveaway this time around and the statue was just something extra that because we got it from eagle moss we just put it in there as well so be sure to enter all it takes is an entry at the ten dollar level and you get an entry for each month that you are doing uh the quarter ends in december so if you support us before the end of december you'll get an entry into that contest um, that uh, or I should say raffle um, to win those prizes. So be sure to check that out if you are if you are not supporting us already. For those of you who are, thank you very much. With that being said, normally we would jump over to listener Q and A's, but as I pointed out earlier, we don't have any. I don't know why. I imagine you guys have just as le- little amount of time as I do, and that's probably why. So I'm not going to fault you for it because. I don't have a ton of time either right now. So what we are going to do is we're going to jump into a monkey watch. Monkey watch 2017. And our monkey watch this time around is a topic that Ian has come up with. So Ian, pitch away. So uh, for our monkey watch, I've been thinking a lot about uh, life as a fan because in 2016, when Rebirth started, I was just incredibly excited by so many different titles. There's that, that excitement you get when there's a bunch of new stuff, a bunch of content that you really anticipate and, and creators you trust and stuff. And in the last year, um, 2018, almost every single creative team has changed. Almost every single concept for the books that started in 2016 has changed. Um, and so my question for all of us um, is going to be, what right now in the next three months, because that's when we've got our solicits, is making you excited to be part of the Batman universe? What title or what movie's coming out or what – heck, it could be a reread project if you're if you're going back through your archives or getting some, some new stuff. I know a lot of our uh, fans on Discord are collectors who get like these great deals of old comics. So what's – exciting you okay so i would say currently um looking at the comic side of things i currently am really enjoying backroll i honestly i don't know that i can go on and on about backroll enough i really am enjoying 
what we're what we're getting with Batgirl. Um, that title is honestly one of my favorite right now, and I think it's because for such a long period of time that book sucked, in my opinion, and <laughs> now I finally feel like it's at a place that I'm really enjoying it. Um, so Batgirl is really good. I I will admit that any time a new issue of Batman comes out, even if I am, I even if I know there's not going to be a lot revealed in it, I still am very anxious to read it right away when I when, when it comes out because I want to see what's going on. I want to see the next part of the story of you know what what's what Tom King has in store. So, I'm, so is I'm, that because it's Tom King's, or is it because it's Batman? And he's your favorite character. No, it's because it's Tom King. I mean, like, because let's be honest, I could care less about what was happening in Detective Comics. <laughs> true, um, true. Prior, prior, and I will say this: like when James Tynion was on the book, anytime a new issue came out, I wanted to read it right away. Even the Brian Hill stuff was good stuff, and I wanted to see what what it was. This James Robinson, obviously, we've we've, we've beat that horse way too much. Um, but I would say that, like, if the if the story is good, I'm really anxious to read it. Um, like right away. Right now, the stuff that I'm reading right away is Batman, Batgirl. Um, I'm also really enjoying the direction that they're doing or what they're doing with Red Hood right now. Uh, Nightwing. I'm kind of still on the fence, but it's leaning more towards. I'm see. I'm I'm interested to see where it goes. Um, the one thing that I am looking forward to is Tomasi on Detective Comics. Uh, that's just right around the corner. Um, so, I mean, like, that's something I'm looking forward to. Detective Comics number 1000, which is going to be happening in March, I'm looking forward to. But, like, as far as, like, current comics right now that I am, like, day day of release, as soon as I get the comics, the books I'm reading, like, right away, I would say are Batman, Batgirl, Red Hood, uh, Heroes in Crisis, Doomsday Clock. Those are the titles that I'm, like, immediately reading right away. Yeah, a lot of the same ones for me. Um, Batgirl is just awesome. I think that last issue, I was like turning the pages. I was like, ah, what's going to happen? And it just really pulls you in. Just really good writing, really good art. And um, I think I found, and I'm almost ashamed of this, I think I found that if a character I like, a minor character, Batman's too big, he's everywhere, but like if a minor character I like is in the book, I'll probably read it and enjoy it, even if it's not the best. So I'm really loving Adventures of the Super Sons, just because I love Jonathan and I love Damien. The story is ridiculous. The story is nonsense, but it's it's so fun, and it's making me excited about Tomasi coming on Detective. <clears throat> so that's the one thing I'm looking forward to. And Catwoman, just because I like my cats. I forgot how much I love Catwoman till till on Discord the other day. Dustin was asking about someone who who's looking for for Batman Catwoman relationship stories. I was like, I, I think I remember a few of those, and then I posted like. 20 of them. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I love Catwoman, I forgot. So even though it's it's slow going, that, that book I still am interested in where it's, where it's going and it's got my, my crazy cat lady in it. And mm, Yeah, all the big stories, like you were saying, Heroes in Crisis is interesting. <laughs> Tom King, even though he, he's a very he's a wonderful writer and he doesn't write pleasant stories and that's not what he does and I think that's it's interesting and, and something that's Apparently not um, Ian's cup of tea, but I, I'm really enjoying uh, Heroes in Crisis, and I really did like Mr. Miracle. That was good. The ending was a little, but it was very good all the way through. So that wasn't really Batman, was it? But 
I was enjoying Mr. Miracle that was coming out. Um, oh yeah, and uh, uh, um, Creature of the Night. I re- I'm enjoying that one too, even though I have to wait a very, very it's been a year, for a long time between issues. <laughs> Creature of the Night like is that. really good. I really like that too. I didn't even mention yeah. that, but I am looking forward to the final issue coming in January yeah, if too. it actually releases. But yes. <laughs> Oh, it does, because it's supposed to come out on my birthday, so that would be a good present. That would be, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Teen Titans, because it has Damien in it. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of you mentioned uh, the Wonder imprint with uh, Young Justice and some of those other... Are you? Is that exciting to you, or just... Or? Yeah, I, I mean, like, here's the thing. I'm skeptical on it, and this is why. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the idea of Tim Drake being in the title. I'm concerned about the portrayal of the character that we're going to get. Uh, mostly because I'll admit I've said this multiple times before I don't read Marvel stuff so I don't I'm not super familiar with Bendis's work I did read Man of Steel last year or earlier this year not last year um, earlier Almost this year I read year. Man of Steel and I read I've been keeping up with what's been going on in action comics and Superman and it's not that it's bad I just feel like the focus has been on some of these original creations and obviously that that's going to happen regardless it's not just a bendis thing of creating your own characters Snyder. yeah exactly <laughs> the th- but the thing is i feel as if when you like it's one thing to create your own characters when you have like a single character like superman it's a whole different story when you have a team of characters that have interacted with multitudes of characters over the years and I'm also slightly concerned because I feel like Tim could be potentially de-aged, at least based off of the art, and that's slightly concerning. I also don't know how this is going to pick up with pick off pick up from what we where we last saw Tim, which was him going on a road trip with Steph and them investigating to see this you know the the future aspect of them being backgirls and things like that. I don't know if that's even going to be touched on. I hope it does, but I doubt it will be because I feel like Bendis isn't going to touch that. And Mm -hmm. that's why I'm on the fence. I mean, like, I am looking forward to it because Tim's going to be in it. And there's some other titles, like, I'm kind of interested to see what Mark Russell does with the Wonder Twins. Uh, The Ginny Hex stuff, I also have some interest in. Um... And I know she's... I think she's just part of Young Justice. I don't think she's getting her own book, but... The big thing is, like, I'm optimistically looking forward to it, um, but I can't sit here and say that, like, I'm gung-ho for it. I've heard too many rumors about what he's going to do to John. Well, but that's in Superman. Well, I don't think it's rumors at this point. (laughs) There's covers out there. Oh. So, I already hate Bendis. I have never even read anything he's done, but I already hate him. Oh, don't hate on Bendis. I don't... (laughs) I'll give him a chance. He wrote Ultimate Spider-Man. <laughs> but if you were a Peter Parker fan, you probably weren't a fan of that. No, no, no. He wrote Peter Parker for like 150 issues before Miles came on. Oh, okay. I did not know that. I just always thought Ultimate Spider-Man was Miles. But that's... The, I mean, that just proves that I don't read more. <laughs> well, I think that his work on Ultimate Spider-Man shows that he can do the kind of hopeful, idealistic, fun, sweet-natured boy that Tim could be. So hopefully he'll tap into that for, for Young Justice. Um, so for for myself, I mean, I'm the one who asked this question um, mm-hmm. because I'm personally 
uh, sort of looking at a wall right now. Um, not that I'm not excited, but when Rebirth started, I was so excited about um, Detective Comics because I had my favorite character, had Tim and Cass and all these things, and it was by Tynan, who'd been the guy who got me back into DC Comics in 2014 with Batman Eternal. Um, and then, of course, there was The Birds of Prey, my favorite team book, coming back with my favorite characters on it, and uh, Wonder Woman with Greg Rucka. Like, there was so much to be excited about, and all of those things are gone. Um, so I would say what's getting me excited on a daily sort of a, an immediate basis uh, not in terms of long term like I love Batman in general but like right now uh, I would say that um, of course it's Deathstroke um, which I currently count because it's doing uh, it's Arkham arc and that's very connected to Two-Face and uh, Doctor Strange and um you know Arkham in general and so it's got that Gotham flavor and there's just so much detail and passion and this whole arc of Deathstroke since Rebirth started has been truly dark and cynical but also full of heroics and connection between these characters who you wouldn't think you'd care about like I never cared about Deathstroke before this started uh but now he's one of the people that I actually am interested in um I may not like Heroes in Crisis, but um, Tom King's run on Batman, I feel like I've I've shown that I, I like really have an emotional connection to what Tom King's doing with Batman. Um, I may be a more disappointed reader right now because of I, I truly believed that Batman would get married to Catwoman, and he didn't. Spoiler, <laughs> but. Uh, I I find the emotions that he's depicting Bruce going through to be very, very honest and very powerful. Um, and when he's paired with the right artist, um, when he's paired with Lee Weeks or Mikkel Janin, it's just an amazing ride. And I do tend to eagerly read it as soon as I get it. Um, when he's paired with some of the artists I don't like as much, like um, Matt Wagner is, is a classic artist, but I really don't think he did as good a job on the one issue he did and i'm not a fan of tony Danrell really he, he's very polished he's just not to my taste um i don't think he's quite as effective i don't get quite as excited but i'm i'm very excited about where batman's going because it is a single issue i mean we're not getting any fill-in uh writers except for josh williamson doing these crossovers so there's a sense that tom king has a plan and i see how the plan is fitting together even if i don't know where it's going so I'd say those are the two things. And then, of course, there's Batman and the Outsiders, but that's hard to be super excited about when it keeps getting pushed back. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have said Batman and the Outsiders because I'm actually looking forward to that, too. It's just now, at this point, we have no idea when it's actually coming. And that's yeah. the problem. But I would say those... Uh, it's unfortunately not as much... Not as many titles, not as many upcoming things as I'd like, um, which is why I asked the question. But I'm I'm still here. I'm still engaged. Um and I think that the fact that the main title of Batman is still just very engaging, even if you may not like it, it's, it's making you think and it's making you feel. And I think that's what I want from a good story. Yeah. And I'm hoping that happens with Detective Comics, too. I, I mean, I, I know you have... <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> I know you have uh, issues with Tomasi, but I, I honestly, if we could get Detective and Batman both putting out good stuff, like when it was, you know, when Tynion was on Detective Comics, I would love that. I mean, I love talking about 
comics that I am looking forward to reading. Mm-hmm. And I think it will happen with Tomasi. Um, but, I mean, like, I feel like there's been these, like, there's always these ups and downs. You have some issues, like, War of Jokes and Riddles, and it's, like, I didn't really like that story arc. At really at all. I mean, like, I just I did not enjoy that story arc. And that just happened to be when Detective Comics, the stuff that was happening in Detective Comics was really good. And now it's, you know, it's like vice versa. And, you know, you had the Detective Comics with Brian Hill. That stuff was good. But then you had the horrible ending of Batman number 50 around that same time frame. I would just like to have two really good engaging comics mm. that we talk about here on the comic cast. That would be great. Um, I'm with you. I I have my hes- hesitation about Tomasi as everyone who's listened for a while knows, but I want it to be good. It's not that I'm rooting for it to fail at all. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you you mentioned when when you told us this question, you also said like is there anything outside of you know, outside of comics that you're also, that makes you interested as being a bad fan. The one thing, it's not like in the immediate three month future, but the one thing that I'm really, really looking forward to is whatever Matt Reeves is cooking up for the Batman movie. I really enjoyed Matt Reeves, uh, playing the ape stuff. And I really want a good Batman film. And I feel like, he could do something as good as Chris Nolan did. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I would really like to see some information coming out about that sooner rather than later. Obviously, that's not going to happen because at the earliest, it's not going to go into production until sometime next year, probably middle, summer, end of next year, depending. But uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, Outside of that film... I'm cautiously hesitant about the upcoming Birds of Prey film. Um, Video game-wise, merchandise, television, not a whole lot, specifically Batman. I mean, like, I'm looking forward to Young Justice. You're not excited Um, about Gotham? It's around the corner. It's the last season. I'm excited that it is the last season. It's No Man's Land. It's going to be awesome. No, it's not. Because you know (laughs) what the problem is? This is going to ruin No Man's Land for me. Oh, no. Don't watch it. And unless they do a... Like, I would ultimately love for them to do a No Man's Land you know, animated film. Mm -hmm. And it feels like eventually they'll get to it because they're slowly getting to all of the major Batman story arcs. From the you know that you know from the past, mm-hmm. um, but I I have this horrible horrible feeling that like they're just going to like completely screw up. Like you use the name because you're associating with that comic story, and the problem is that this show has a tendency to associate itself with things from the comics to say, "Hey, comic fans, look what we're doing," and then you watch it and you're like. What is this? (laughs) I mean, they made such a big deal about how the Court of Owls was going to be such a relevant thing in in, uh, whatever, that third season or whatever, and it was nothing. It was just a ploy to get people to watch. I don't want to talk about Gotham. I could rant about that show forever. All right, anyway. I'm excited about about, um, about the Hush. I mean, um, yeah, Batman Hush. Batman Hush is coming out as a cartoon. Yeah. And the cartoons have been pretty good. Um, you mentioned Young Justice, and that reminded me. Yeah, I'm absolutely excited about Young Justice. Don't oh, yeah. know how c- 
connected that's going to be to Batman. I mean, obviously, Nightwing's going to be there, and we've got Robin and Spoiler, but we don't know how big their roles are going to be. But I'm excited because those those first two seasons are just top-tier good stuff. I'm also, surprisingly, maybe because I had such low expectations, but I'm looking forward to Titans every week, and we've got two Robins, two live-action Robins for the first time ever. We've only ever had one Robin in live-action before, and having two of them is just so exciting to me. Um, I and admit, I, yeah, I, I will admit I also have been looking forward to Titans. Um, you know, I think the early episodes skewed my thought, but I think as the season has gone on, it has gotten better, and I've been enjoying certain aspects of the show more. I'm a little worried about it because it's so far all it's been. Not that it's been bad at all; it's been good, but all it's been is is team forming. And I wonder what's going to happen when they run out of people to meet and team members to join. And, like, what kind of show is it going to be after that? It's true. But it's been good. But I don't think any, we're going to have to worry about that until second season. So. Probably. <laughs> we got, like, I think, what, three more episodes left? I don't know. I think so. I think it's three. But the last note I wanted to add was I like the fact that in the DC movies, um, Batman's been not just mentioned, but he's been a part of it. Like he was in Suicide Squad, and he was, and you're seeing the um, the Batarang in uh, the Shazam trailer. So I like the fact that we're getting an actually connected cinematic universe with them without feeling like it needs to be all about Batman. I like the idea of Batman as just part of the world. Yeah. I agree. And I hope that carries on even if they don't know the direction they're going to go with these films. I hope that, at the very least, Batman is appears in some way during the Birds of Prey film, because let's be honest, if it, they're operating in Gotham and we don't hear anything about Batman the entire film, that would be very strange. The movies are already going to be so strange. That's true. Alright, so, that is Monkey Watch this time around. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that discussion. If you have a suggestion of what you'd like, to t- for you'd like us to talk about on the next episode for Monkey Watch, be sure to leave your suggestion in the comment section over on the site. With that being said, be sure to check out all the latest episodes of other podcasts we have to offer on the site. There's new episodes of Back with the Oracle, Robin Everyone Wants to Drake, Bat Fans, Bat Books for Beginners... All kinds of new stuff to, to check out. Uh, be sure to check out all of those. Also, be sure to check out all the news and editorials related to movies, TV, merchandise, video games, and, of course, the comics. There's tons of stuff that are posting all the time. I mean, there was points that there was new articles posting, like, one article every hour for like eight hours throughout the day because there's just so much content, whether it be reviews or... Uh, news pieces, there's all kinds of stuff. So be sure to check out the stuff over on the site. Uh, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for all these news and videos from the Batman universe. Um, and then you can leave us uh, reviews on iTunes. Those are always greatly appreciated. Support us on Patreon or show your support in any other way. We have uh, merchandise that you can purchase, including a uh, limited edition uh, I Just Want Tomasi t-shirt. Uh, that will be available for literally, as you're listening to this, it will be available for just about a, a little less than a week. And then we're going to take that shirt down because Tomasi will actually ha- have arrived. Um, 
that was a comment that Tony had in his Detective Comics review from a couple weeks back that I thought this would make a cool shirt and we <laughs> put it in there. So if you're so inclined to purchase that because you also want Tomasi, then then by all means that you can purchase that. Um, outside of that, you can also join our Discord. That's honestly the best place to get in touch with us. Um, there's a link over on the site in the sidebar go directly there it'll you just read our you read the rules and then you enter in and you'll be able to talk with other staff um you'll be able to interact with us you'll be able to interact with other staff from the site a lot of the, the guys and gals who write reviews on the site um you'll also be able to chat with other bat fans who you know come over to talk about different things related to the books and things like that so be sure to join the discord there's conversations going on all the time sometimes conversations you know, very in-depth conversations about a variety of different topics, so be sure to check out our Discord as well. So with that, that is everything for this episode. This is Dustin. This is Steph. And this is Ian. You've been listening to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. We'll see you guys in two weeks.